So, Prof, I'd like to ask you a double header before we open up to the floor for additional questions. AI has come up quite a bit in that, in algorithms, and that is um, your area of expertise. And so perhaps if you could speak a little bit about your latest work, its relevance to this conversation, and what it is an audience like this needs to be thinking about artificial intelligence and racism, but also in your role as an educator. One of the things that has come up repeatedly is the difficulty of the people who are creating this technology, who are monitoring it, who are meant to correct it, perhaps don't come from communities that many of the people in this room would come from, and so that there's a gap or a lack of knowledge about the realities of race and racism. How do we make tech spaces, how do we educate to make tech spaces more accessible to young people and to get more people working towards the vision that Tim Murray was, was speaking about? No, no, thank you very much. Uh, when I came back to South Africa, uh, 18 years ago, after having completed a PhD in artificial intelligence, I was very excited. I never thought artificial intelligence was biased. But uh, last year, I went to, to Toyando. I come from Toyando in the northern part of this uh, country. And uh, because I have a large family, I actually used Airbnb to book myself. And the way you do, you put all your details, and it asks you for for the picture of, uh, for your ID, and then it verifies your ID against whatever you have put. And then it says, uh, take a selfie. <laughs> that was where the problem started. <laughs> because it, it, it was matching my selfie to the picture in the ID. It turns out that for African faces, the algorithm does not work very, very well. <laughs> so I was quite uh, devastated. <laughs> And then a few, few months back, uh, one of my deputies gave me a device that I can speak to. Oscar, I have, I have actually shown you this device. So I can ask it, so how's the weather outside? Uh, play me to Mamina by Yuma Skela. And it does all that. Then I ask it, who is Chilizi Marwala? Say, sorry, I do not understand you. So maybe there a mistake, and I repeated it again, uh, and he still could not understand me. Then I say, who is the author of Skynet in the market? Then he said, Chilizima Rala with an American accent. I'm not lying. Uh, I tried to, to fake an American accent. I think I succeeded uh, at the 10th time. And uh, again, it almost reminded me of uh, a story about my grandfather, whom 80 years ago, uh, had to change his name from Chamano to Jack because his, uh, his boss could not be able to pronounce Chamano. So I was often, I was wondering if I had changed my name to Jack, perhaps it would be able to hear me. <laughs> so uh, all this actually indicate biases in all this. Why do we have biases on, uh, on this? It's because it turns out for the face uh, recognition technology, the faces that are used to train this artificial intelligence were primarily gathered in North America and Europe. And therefore, uh, they, are, they are very good at uh, recognizing Caucasian faces, but they are quite bad at uh, recognizing African faces. Sounds like discrimination, isn't it? You know? Uh, you know, now, uh, traditionally in South Africa, especially now that we are at uh, 
the center of, of Madiba, uh, what kind of activists do we need to be able to fight this type of discrimination? Uh, Madiba used to, to organize demonstrations, defiance campaigns, and so on and so forth. Maybe that's not what we are supposed to do. Uh, what we are supposed to do is to get linguists for the speech recognition uh, tool, uh, engineers, scientists, basically a new type of activist who are there when these technologies are being made. I think that is actually quite uh, important. They have to be there, they have to be participants, and they also have to generate these technologies. We, if, if Facebook or if, uh, if, if, if Google is not uh, gathering information about us, it's probably our responsibility to, to start thinking about, not even just start thinking, actually to start doing. How do we close this gap to make sure that this thing does not repeat itself? I think that is quite uh, crucial. The archives that... Uh, these databases are acquiring, are biased. You know, our languages are not represented. Uh, a few years ago, I, uh, when I was uh, still very active as a professor, uh, me and my student, uh, with, um, this must be 10 years ago, were de designing um, a piece of a machine that you speak to it in closer, and it is supposed to to translate it in, in, into English. And for a long time, it just never worked. <laughs> and then we found out that, no, the reason why it does not work is that Corsa is actually not one language, for those of you who are linguists. It's actually a combination of Bantu uh, languages, you know, and whenever uh, Corsa is not clicking, it sounds like any other Bantu language. And then it has these clicks, and these clicks, uh, uh, despite the stereotypes, are not frequent. Kosa is actually not a clicking language. It clicks sometimes, so somebody will speak and then click. <laughs> and click. And the algorithm actually takes those clicks as noise. <laughs> and what does, it, what does it say to us is that we need to design algorithms that understand that uh, this language has clicks, and these clicks are not frequent, uh, and Nolita, they are not frequent, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. So what we need to do is uh, we need to educate. I think education is really the basis of all this. We need to educate people to be able to understand this. We need to understand, we need to educate in a multidisciplinary fashion. The idea of technologists uh, designing speech uh, translation system without linguists is problematic. And if we are going to educate engineers who only understand engineering, and then they don't understand culture, they don't understand language, then what we are going to have, we are going to have these devices that are probably biased because the people who are designing them simply do not have the expertise to be able to deal with uh, uh, you know, uh, its usage holistically. You know, because when you deploy technology, you, de you deploy it in society. 
And unless our graduates understand uh, uh, society, then they are not going to be able to design better uh, products. And I think that is very, very key. And uh, as South Africa, we, we, we are not very good at multidisciplinarity. We tend to like to educate engineers who only know about engineering. It's important for us to educate engineers who understand language, who understand, who, who read um, uh, uh, literature, who understand art, so that whenever they, they become um, use, uh, designers of these devices, they're going to design them holistically.